welcome back, welcome in to Walk Through Wednesday edition of the Lions Share Podcast. It is week 14 in the NFL. The Lions head to the Windy City to take on their foes in the NFC North, the Chicago Bears. Andrew pointing out that this is the last outdoor game of the year for your Detroit Lions. The Lions inching oh so close to that NFC playoff berth. Can't do it this week without any scenarios, but they can get closer with a win here over their foes in the North. So, before we talk about all that, let's hit some things that we haven't talked about since Sunday, and that is the pulse of the pride. The shareholders voted, and they voted for Sam Laporta to be your BAMS player of the week last week, edging out Jalen Reeves-Maven. But I got to say this, Andrew, I don't know if you saw this, but Jalen Reeves-Maven voted NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Did not see that. Loved to, love to hear it, though. Uh, we need any positive that we can going forward here into the end of the season. Recognition is recognition in the uh, NFC and the NFL as a whole. Put, uh, put JRM on the map. So we'd love to see that for his play, not only on special teams, but on defense as well, as we alluded to in the last episode. If you didn't go listen to it, download it, rate us five stars, and click follow. All those good things. All right. So we talked about a positive there. Let's talk about a negative. Unfortunately, if you didn't hear already, shareholders, Liam McNeil has been placed on the IR due to his injuries sustained in the last game. So a weak defensive line gets weaker, which is not good. But, Andrew, I'm sure you saw they signed Tyson Alou Alou. How do you feel about a 36, seven-year-old, I believe, 36 or 37? How do you feel about an old Wiley vet joining the squad along with Bruce Irvin just in the last couple of weeks? Uh, ben, do you remember how we said we felt about uh, the draft pick of Colby Soresdale? It was like, hmm, good, good depth piece. It's kind of how I feel here, uh, except a little worse, because uh, if you don't play him now, when are, when are you ever going to play him? Yeah, you want to hit me, uh, or you want me to hit you with a few stats about our boy Tyson? It's, it's spoiler alert, it's not great. Um, I'll pull him up here, but I can tell you this from the notes that I looked at earlier on my lunch break, and that was he has had two sacks since 2020. So not putting up exactly numbies off the... Uh, off the defensive line is Tyson Alulu, Alulu. Um, but at one point in time, he was uh, a pretty solid player for the Steelers, and then jumped over to the Jaguars. Um, formerly a first-round draft pick in his heyday. Of course, now we're several, several, several years removed from that. But yeah, pretty mad move for for my opinion. Um, another old, old veteran. I guess I like the the veteran side of things that he brings to the team as a locker room guy, but production-wise, not so feeling great about it. Well, Ben, let me hit you with some stats since you hit me with some. True or false, we have on our team a player in the top 25 uh, for sacks on the year. I'm going to say false. Okay. How about uh, you're correct on that? How about true or false? Do we have a player for a uh, same category leading in sacks top 40? True. I'm going to say Aleem cracks the top 40. Okay, no. False. God damn it. How about top 50? Uh, well, now, now I'm all confuzzled. So I'm just going to say 
True. True. Aiden Hutchinson it cracks the top 50 at number 45 with five and a half sacks. Got and it. then I heard you say the uh, the other guy, Aleem, the, the standout this year who slimmed down now on the IR. We're going to lose him for at least four weeks. He comes in at 57. He's the next closest with five. Okay. And then there's no other lion for a long, long time. So yeah. any piece is, is almost necessary at this point. Wish it wasn't such an old guy. Yeah. Yeah. Most recently with Pittsburgh, um, I, I had that backwards. Jaguars signed him, then Pittsburgh signed him for the second, the latter half of his career. Most recently in Pittsburgh, um, played in 17 games last season, started only two of those. He had one pass deflection, a half a sack, and 13 tackles combined five of those solo um two qb hits so i don't know maybe he'll get a revitalization here in detroit maybe he's going to be the perfect match um now obviously needed somebody to fill in for Aleem. um now we probably will see more about more of bugs and benito jones and uh andrew do you remember that other guy they signed a couple weeks ago that that played a few few snaps in some of these games um name is escaping me right now but um, we'll be seeing more of those guys. Obviously, Broderick Mark, Martin, another name out there. It's going to be really, really defensive tackle by by committee. I mean, it's going to be based up uh, based upon matchups, I would imagine. Well, and then upon the outside, I think we said James Houston is due back in December. Here we are creaking at the doorstep. Have we gotten any word on him? Yeah, today we got some news at a press conference or something of the sorts and he said he wanted to be back before the end of the season so he's not he's not putting any um any any guarantees out there for for sure but i like the sound of before the end of the season because here we are five games remaining i'd like to see him get a few reps in before the playoffs assuming they do make the playoffs same with same with chauncey if, if we can have cj and uh james houston back before the playoffs you know get a Get a get some snaps in. That way they don't have to hit it real time in the presumable wild card week one. Any reps for CJ, especially CJ with him missing so much of the season. Um but yeah, I, I we gotta get healthy and the defense is I hate to say it, the defense is isn't gonna win you many playoff games. They're not gonna have a deep run with the way they've been playing. <laughs> You're going to witness me do a flip-flop here live, shareholders and Andrew. Um, I'm going to kind of change my stance on this Tyson Alualu thing because I'm looking at the, the depth chart now. And Quinton Bohana, that's the other name we were searching for there. Uh, that was the other guy. If I go down the list, uh, you got Bohana, Jones, Martin, McNeil, and those are your, those are your four D-tackles. Your fifth one now, Tyson Alualu. But... Tyson Alulu, 13-year veteran. Everybody else that I just named, Bohana, Jones, Martin, McNeil, all those guys are three or less. They're either rookies or three-year players. So I think I'm going to flip-flop a little bit on this. I don't know what we're going to get production-wise out of Alulu, but hey, a veteran in that defensive tackle room, defensive line room, I think could go a long way, along with Bruce Irvin. I mean... They talked about it in Hard Knocks a lot last year. This coaching staff is essentially a veteran player. Uh, at some point, that's kind of what they are. They're they're away from the game. They've been away from the game for a while, but that was kind of the big step above for the Lions coaching staff. Now, I get where you're coming from, 
but at, at this point in the season, I think production is more dominance over veteran leadership. Although Boha, Boha, uh, not Bohana, Alu playoff experience. What if I tell you that? Does that change your mind? I mean, you're starting to add some counterweights to the end of my seesaw here, but not not all the way. Yeah, I think I'm really trying to talk myself into this, but you think uh you think old Haloti Nada's available? There's a name. That's the not the name I thought you were gonna say. You got a name written down on the yeah, sheet yeah, here. And yeah. I thought you were going somewhere else. Now that's where I was going, but I couldn't forget about old Haloti Nada. Uh yeah, so uh, open open discussion here. Do you think do you think you could see Forcey and Diamond and Sue making a return to Detroit? He said he wants to join a contender. I don't think he says he's going to say he wants to join a loser. I think that's something you got to say. D-Hop also said some pretty extravagant things, and he's on the Titans this year. So um, I don't know if Sue's going to make his return. I don't think he will. I don't know if he's going to do us much good at this point anyway. Um, He is also that veteran leadership, but I also don't think that that's the attitude of the team at this point. I would take him in a heartbeat. He's so much better than anything that we got right now. I know he's not what he was when he was in the Lions uniform before. He's he's years removed from that. But if he's even 50%, 60% of that, I'll take Sue. I know that there's locker room issues and dirty player things, but I think he's past all that. So I would I would invite Indomit and Sue to make a return here and uh, come back to the big D. I, I, would, I would in a heartbeat. Yeah, I guess it, I suppose that, uh, I mean, we've seen it. Brad only signs older guys, really wants to penny pinch here from the looks of it. So uh, apparently it must all be on Sue and what he's willing to take. That's right. And and I don't know who else he's talking to. If he's talking contenders, you know, the Eagles want to sign everybody. So maybe the Eagles, um, if the 49ers also like to sign everybody. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I don't know. I would hate to see him go to Green Bay. That would be ugly. I would not want I would not want Sue in a, in a Packers uniform. I'll say that. Could see him going to the Seahawks. <sighs> They've got a really tough stretch here. I I don't know if the, the Seahawks are on the outside looking in. So, I guess it depends on his definition of contender. Pretender, contender, pretender, contender. Last thing before we talk about this matchup with the Bears, you see that uh Antoine Randall is putting the X nay on JMO's dives into the end zone. Andrew's shaking his I head. I didn't no. see that. I didn't see it. He, yeah. he said no more. Antoine Randall, the wide receivers coach, one time great wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, now the wide receiver coach in Detroit. Yeah, he said uh, ball security, things of that nature. He loses that ball, man, changes the game. So I think maybe we'll. We've we've seen the last of JMO's dives in the end zone, even though it made for great meme material. Uh crazy. I really thought the route he was gonna go was player safety on that. So I, I'd really hate for him to get injured diving uh what was that, six and a half yards into the end zone? Burt near. All right. Uh, yeah, let's go- it was uh quite the leap. It was it was a leap of faith, what one could say. Um Oh, Waymo jumping there in the end zone, um, maybe for the last time. Um, might see him going up two feet in next time. All right, Lions-Bears. Lions last year, 
uh, on this field that is Soldier Field. Won it 31 to 30. They had a comeback win in an ugly, ugly way. But this was the kind of the point where the Lions turned their season around. The game before that, if you remember, shareholders was the game against the Packers where they won and that started the turnaround. This was game two. Lions played ugly. Andrew and I both alluded to the fact that we felt kind of weirdly good about this game last year because it was like they won a game when they didn't do things perfectly. They, at that point last year, the Lions could really only win if they did things perfectly and they were still close games. So it was nice to kind of see that in a weird kind of spin zone. We we chalked it up. And uh, our third member of the show, Mitch, was actually in attendance for this game live in Chicago last year. Hard to believe that that was over a year ago now. Uh, Lions played in Chicago, I believe, in October last year. So mentioned earlier at the top that the Lions beat the Bears earlier just a couple weeks ago. Uh, seems like just yesterday, the Lions were playing the Bears at Ford Field, so now they ventured over to Chicago. So the Lions beat the Bears at home last uh, 31-26. to If you remember, shareholders, they were down 26-14 to in that one before coming back to win it late in that one. Goff had three interceptions in that one, although we will say that all three were not his fault, um, or at least two of those, I think, if memory serves. A couple tips, a couple bats, a couple pressures, all that to say. Uh, not all three were his fault. But Fields, of course, in that one, Justin had over 100 yards rushing, and DJ Moore almost had 100 yards receiving, um, respectively, for that offense that is the Bears. So uh, before we get into our pose, shout out to those shareholders from last year who remember them being called pose to before we changed them to the keys. Uh, in honor of this being just Andrew and I, as Mitch is on leave, we're going back to the pose. So before we talk pose, Alex Anzalone with the C on his chest, newly uh, newly fathered Anzalone, um, back at practice today um, with the hand slash wrist injury. Looks like he was trending in the right direction to play on Sunday, although we don't have a game designation at this point. Uh, looks to be trending up for old Alex Anzalone. Rank Frank Ragnow, on the other hand, not looking good for him. He's He's got the trifecta, Andrew. I don't know if you read the injury report, but the, it's getting almost comical. Almost comical. It, maybe, maybe it is comical if you're Andrew. Toe, back, and now a knee. He's got three different injuries on the list, and he's got the trifecta. But hey, he's up for Walter, Man, uh, Walter, Man, Walter Payton Man of the Year for the Detroit Lions. So he's got that going for him. Honestly, I thought that was going to be Taylor Decker's uh, award for, for the Detroit Lions, but Ragnow gets it. Um, good for him, but yeah. The knee added to this for him. He didn't practice at all. That's kind of a scary bit. Talked about it with Soresdale. I'm just really hoping that this year has been such a test. You know, it's really going to come together for him and he's going to kind of solidify here and the entire line can can gel again. Um, Are we getting into the keys? Oh, right before you say that or do that, I will mention that Jonah Jackson, in a positive note, Jonah Jackson off the injury report officially this week. He's full practice, full participant. Seems like he's good to go. So at least on that side of the line, the left side, they've got uh, they've got a good thing going. You lose one, you gain one. I guess. I guess that's I guess that's just par for the course here as a Lions fan down the stretch. It's it's what it's going to have to be. It's the injury bug. Everybody's going to have to have it. There's a couple positions that really you really hate to see it happening. Quarterback, offensive line, those are two big ones. Yeah, and I don't know if we're ever going to get Matt Nelson back. Do he, he had an ankle injury. I can't remember. Did he break his ankle? I feel like it was pretty bad, right? Matt Nelson, remember that name? Um, he's Broke. eligible. Re, el, el, 
I, yeah, I don't know. I guess he did require surgery, so. And that was in week two to four, three. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk pose. Our pose stands for point of emphasis. They're shareholders who are uninitiated. So I will, uh, I will begin and um, start with this first and foremost. Justin Fields, under 100 yards rushing. I would like to see the Lions contain him, make him throw. That's a, it's pretty much a captain obvious statement. But yes, Fields, under 100 yards rushing. Make him throw. And I'd like to see the defense get one plus turnovers. So at least one, if not two, in this game. And then uh, kind of what we just talked about, I'd like to see the Lions prove that they can overcome adversity with Frank Ragnow out, one of the kingpins on that offensive line. Let's see what you can do running the ball uh, with a with a banged-up offensive line. I'd like to see Sorsdahl get, um, get more in tune and maybe Dan Skipper as well. Depends on what kind of lineup they send out there, but Overcome it, prove that you can do it, and that you can uh, overcome Frank Ragnall's absence. Are we allowing Mitchell to speak, or are we speaking on his behalf? We're going to speak on his behalf. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll just read Mitch's here. He uh, says, containing fields is a must. Right in step with Ben, I'm right there with him as well. That is my number one key. Got to contain fields. Jack Campbell. Mitch says, coming off a really nice game, let him be the field general and get creative to make fields uncomfortable in the backfield. And then his last key is, please throw JMO the deep ball. Ben, can you confirm or deny, is uh, Campbell wearing the green dot again? Well, I'm I'm in no position to make that call right now, but if, I guess, I would think if Alex Alex Anzalone's back, I would think he would reassume that role. Okay. Unless, I would also assume, but unless they saw something with Jackie Boy leading the defense with the comms hel- helmet, I mean, maybe I don't know. I think that's next year. I, we've kind of talked to that. Um, I got to give credit to you because that was you saying that in our group text. So I think I think it's more of that. Very good. So my keys, like I said, mobile quarterbacks got to contain them. It's another test with another mobile quarterback. The league's full of them. We got to see if AG is making some adjustments to actually stop a mobile quarterback. If Fields gets out of the backfield and he starts running, he runs with the ball loose and away from his body. Uh, Houston knocked it out last year. I think Hutch Hutch had the pick, but he holds it out there. Got to knock it out if he gets loose. Um, and as of late, <clears throat> Fields has been turning the ball over late in the game. So good chance for us to get turnovers at the end of the first half and and at the end of the second half. Um, and then the other thing is the weather doesn't look like it's going to be too good. It's going to be pretty. What was the weather did you have? Oh, my gosh. That is bad on me. I do not have the weather. Let me look that up um, and tell the shareholders a story or something while I do that. Well, okay. Yeah, I think the weather isn't looking too hot. It's not going to be hot enough. It's going to be cold <laughs> in Chicago. Little sleet is what I think Ben's going to let us know. If that's the case, Monty and Gibbs have to have a good ground game. They have to be that one-two duo because this will cause turnovers. All right, you ready for this weather report for Sunday the 10th in Chicago? Uh, I'm ready. Okay, 34 degrees with considerable clouds early. Some decrease in the clouds later in the day. Temps nearing 
low to mid 30s winds 10 to 20 so a little windy in this one not too extreme about 14 miles per hour so not not extreme but getting up there if you're talking wind um, but I'm not seeing anything about sleet. So, yeah, no, I totally forgot to look up the weather. That's on me and Tommy. That's on me and Tommy. So doesn't look like it's going to be a factor in this one. I guess the false report is on me then. I thought we, I heard we were going to get some, but uh, glad to hear it. Looks like we got rain on Saturday, but it's going to be done by Sunday. Good, 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 cold, good. Cold front, cold front moving in Saturday night brings in cooler temperatures, but some high pressure keeps things clear in the weather department you got a uh, you got any star readings for us this week certainly have you uh step right up look at my crystal ball sir this weekend we got the moon moving into scorpio or will it, it will be in scorpio at least that's gonna it's gonna lead to some resilient and some transformational transformative emotional energy what does that tell you ben lions are going to come out hot unlike they did against the bears the last time if you remember correctly the lions were down seven nothing early in that one and were fighting they're they're clawing their way back the whole game until they uh eventually took the lead 31 26 um but we're down 26 to 14 as we mentioned earlier in the episode and they were down seven seven to nothing and i think 14 to seven before that um, so I'd like to see that translate into some huge energy out of the gate, similar to what we saw out of the Saints game, 21 nothing, but a sustained energy throughout. I If we want to try, parlay this right into our predictions here. Sure. I have got, if we're going to take that transformative emotional energy, I think we're going to have a full 180 last week. I think the Bears are going to come out hot, put up a couple field goals early. And then that's going to be it. The defense is going to stout up. It's going to be a low-scoring affair. Lions put up 17. Get the dub. Come home. Final score, 17-6. to six. Okay, so a little similar to the Buccaneers game, which was 20-6. to six. I see where your head's at here. Let me ask you this, though. Did you make this prediction when you thought the weather was going to be a little poorer? How'd you, how could you tell? <laughs> mm, I don't know. I, I we don't have Mitch here for the over under in this one, but I would assume the over under is plenty. You're you're plenty under the under. I would assume. I mean, last game they combined for fifty seven points. These two teams, so a big drop in production. Uh, tabulating, tabulating. What's the over under here for this game? Forty three and a half. So well, the Chicago defense is shored up here. Let's not sure- forget about that. They sure have. And so that's partially why I have Lions 27, Bears 21 here in this one. Um, maybe a little closer than some would think, but the, the line does only sit at three and a half here. Lions with the favorites, of course. Um, so I think it's going to be close. Unfortunately, I'd like to see the defense hold them to under 21, but I just don't see it. Um, I think Fields is going to be Fields and it's going to be annoying. Um, we're going to see missed tackles. I'm just I'm just prepping myself for it at this point, which I hate, but it's just kind of what it is um, on Sundays for the Lions. So 27-21, and then Mitch has got Lions 24, Bears 17. Good, good predictions by Mitchell. I almost like his score better than mine. Uh, but yeah, I already have the Justin Fields juke move just ingrained in my mind from the last uh. time these teams played. Yeah, hopefully some tackling drills in, in in the practices going on this week. And I don't know. 
I don't think Hendon Hooker's available to do Justin Fields like moves, but somebody's got to be that scout team uh, quarterback, and it's either him or Bridgewater, I guess, right? I mean, you're absolutely right. Somebody has to do their best to simulate it. You can't you can't work on stopping it if you can't simulate it. Nope, that's just a recipe for disaster. All right, so all of us with the with Lions victory there, uh, albeit in a fairly close fashion, lower lower scoring. From 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 all of us, uh, all of us having these teams in twenty or less, so uh, or twenty upper twenties or less. Um, so you want to talk playoff picture? Everybody's favorite topic. Let's go to the playoff picture. Lions are ninety nine percent plus. They're inching oh so closer to that playoff berth in the JMO Burger. Uh, still need two wins. Probably you're not gonna. You're not going to get in with a win here this week, although you could have some things happen that get you closer. And uh, uh, but if you want to, if you want to run the table, not run the table, but hold your own destiny here. If you're the Lions, just get to two more wins, and you're pretty much locked into the wild card at that point. If you get three, you probably seal the North, and you feel pretty comfortable with three more wins. Although, um, who's to say what the Packers are going to do? They don't have a tough schedule, so. You gotta you gotta feel that heat if you're the Lions and continue to keep pace with Green Bay, who's trending up. So, um, I don't know if you saw this, Andrew, but the media, presumably or mostly, the Pat McAfee show, totally stealing our bits. They must be listening to us. We've been talking about we talked about this weeks ago, right? We talked about the Lions potentially lining up with the with the Rams in the wild card uh, wild card playoff round. Um, and now here, everybody's talking about it, and they're thinking like it's some novel idea. Like, oh, wow, could you imagine if the Lions played the Rams at, at Detroit, in Detroit? We've been talking about it for weeks, shareholders, and you know that if you're a devout listener. But I'm, I'm just, I mean, it's no surprise. We're, we're groundbreakers here on this podcast, don't you think? Well, if uh, I think we definitely are groundbreakers. Uh, nobody else is doing star ratings, pal. I can tell you that much. No. I'm sure everybody else is. But I can tell you, if if the NFL is scripted like everybody says it is, that's uh that's quite the script to have written. It is, and people comparing it to a Netflix documentary, it it does have that feel. It's very storybook, poetic, whatever you want to call it. Um yet it, it certainly has that feeling to it. Um at this point. The Rams, a really tough matchup that we'll talk about in just a minute with the Ravens this week. Um, but the Seahawks have a really tough schedule, and the Vikings are seemingly kind of not falling apart, but definitely not going the direction we thought they were a couple weeks ago. And the Packers are trending up, but two teams got to make it. So at this point, if the if the playoffs started today, the Lions would be the three seed because um, they don't have the tiebreaker over the 49ers tied in the records with the 49ers at 93. But the Lions would be the three seed, and they'd play at home. <clears throat> Got a little choked up there about it. At home against the Vikings. And then the 49ers would play the seventh seed Packers. But I think I think we'll see the Packers jump to that sixth seed, um, if not the Rams. The Rams also beat the Packers, though. So I think. I think the Rams have the tiebreaker over the Packers. So all that to say, it's it's not... Nothing's in stone right now, but it's probably going to be Lions, Packers, Lions, Rams, Lions, Vikings, or Lions, Seahawks, and in that order of of probability. Most likely at this point, Lions, Packers, second option, Lions, Rams, third, Vikings, fourth, Seahawks. So 
it's a it's a pretty muddy picture at this point, but we can we're we're gonna be talking about teams clinching this week. So um the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles could all clinch this week if they have some wild scenarios. But I think we'll see at least one team in the next week or so with that clinch. And then from there, it's a domino effect. As you know, shareholders, the playoff berths, they are coming. And, you know, the actual berths are supposedly coming too. Shout out, Mitch. Well, that's deep. That's a deep cut. I will say, for the rest of the season, all the Lions' focus needs to be is winning these three divisional games down the stretch. That's that's all the focus is on. Beat the Bears, beat the Vikings, beat the Vikings. Who cares about the Broncos? Who cares about the Cowboys? Yep. They're meaningless games in the long run. Get healthy and win your division, and that's all that matters. That's 12 yeah. wins. That's plenty. That's your division, and you're looking good. Yep, right at our predictions too. I think we were both we were all at eleven or twelve wins, exactly right on schedule. And uh, as you said, yeah, three three wins, take care of business against your division opponents, and you're sitting really really good. And nowhere near what you had to be last year, where you had to win out basically to be in the playoffs or even think about it or even sniff at it. You're sitting in a much better position. You got to take advantage, capitalize, and get yourself a playoff berth and uh, get yourself home field for at least one week. So. All right, that's everything for Lions, Bears, and the playoff picture. Let's move real quickly into the primetime recaps. The Packers, of course, trending. Going up against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, they win. Um, man, do the Chiefs miss the enemy. And, and I, I think Matt Nagy, offensive coordinator there, former head coach of the Bears, I think his days are numbered. You can say that again. I, I, I don't understand. I, you would think that Patrick Mahomes, you've seen it a zillion times, he comes back and he wins those games. And they're, win- they're losing a lot of games late. That was always the Chiefs of old. They would lose a couple early. That's why it was always good to catch them off guard early in the season. But they would just be on fire down the stretch. They l- may lose one or two in the middle of a five-game win streak. But they would, other than that, they would be on fire in the last three quarters of the season. Yep. and. You and I, Andrew, telegraphed this in our off-season shows when we did predictions. We were both kind of in that same heart, heart, camp of, yeah, you're going to feel the loss of Eric Bieniemy here. It doesn't mean the Chiefs aren't going to be a playoff team and they're not going to be contenders. They are. But if they had Bieniemy, I think they've got at least two more wins in this season. And I think it's going to it's going to cost them down the stretch and they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. Heck, they might not even make the AFC Championship at this rate. you got got you got a lot of good teams in that in that AFC with the Dolphins, the Ravens. The Jaguars, although they struggled, and they've got Trevor Lawrence banged up. Um, the Browns, really good defense. Joe Flacco at quarterback. So, um, but some some good good players there in the AFC. So it's gonna be a tough path for the Chiefs. Monday night football. What we just talked about. Jake Browning for the Bengals. Honestly, not that bad of a quarterback. Pretty good day from him. He's pretty serviceable. Not trying not to make mistakes. Clean football game. They went in an overtime um, over the Jaguars, who were pretty hot coming into this one. Um, I think the Bengals aren't going to make the playoffs, but they're going to they're going to be spoilers down the stretch. Mark my words, shareholders. I think they're going to play spoiler. They got a couple games against one Minnesota Vikings here coming up, uh, which I thought initially was be, would be an easy dub for the Vikings. Oh, uh, not so fast. I think the Bengals will take that game actually against the Vikings. 
I 100% agree. I think that's the name of the game for the Bengals this year is make everybody, just like the Cardinals have done, make everybody fight you through this. It's not going to be an easy dub. We're not going to lie down. We're not rebuilding. We still have Joe Burrow coming back next year, and they're trying to put their stamp on that. But let's be honest, losing Trevor Lawrence didn't help the Jaguars at all. No, 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 certainly not. And and who's to say how that would have played out with him in there? Um, but he does have the high ankle sprain. He says he's trying to play this week. Pretty crazy on a high ankle sprain. Um, but I guess it's that time of year where you got to be playing hurt. I don't know. Other quarterbacks, other players have gone down for several weeks due to this injury. So see what we get if they do play him or if they try to rest him. They also lost Christian Kirk in that one. So they lost two weapons on offense. So that hurts for the Jaguars. We'll see what they can do to bounce back. Let's jump right into NFL Week 14 with the records recaps, of course. I was 7-6 and six after a pretty decent start. It got ugly. Mitch was 11-2. and two. He nearly had a perfect week. And Papa B with 8-5. and five. Everybody besting me last week. That puts our full seasons. 128 and 67 for Mitch. I'm at 127 and 68. Andrew 113 and 81. The guy from the Sporting News 129 and 66. Mitch is only one game away from the guy in the Sporting News. So props to him. He's our lead dog. He's wearing the crown right now. Um, so let's talk about these games. Spoiler alert in week 14, folks. It's going to be a windy and rainy week in many of these games. So, uh, but know that accordingly in your bets as well as your fantasy matchups. Um, 1-800-GAMBLER, we don't condone gambling. Could be sloppy if you know what I mean. So let's go to Thursday night. Um, Andrew, you want to kick us off with Thursday night? I certainly can, my lovely, 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 lovely co-host. We got Patriots taking on the Steelers. Thursday Night Football, Amazon Prime. I love that all-22 view. I'll say it once again. Uh, not sure who we're going to have in this one. It's either going to be Mitch Trubisky or one Trace McSorley. There's a fan club dedicated to that man out there. Throw it on we're looking at 40. There he is. We're looking at 40 degrees, clear skies. This is, Ben's got it kind of written down here. This is the game of who wants it less. <laughs> Hundred uh, percent. I think the Patriots want it less at this point. I'm going Steelers. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it in in weeks past. The Steelers rarely lose two in a row, and this would be two in a row at home. So it's like a double negative. So I just i I don't see the Patriots winning games. I, I don't know. They've got a circus going on there, a merry-go-round at quarterback. So I don't know Steelers, but. This one could be ugly. Probably take the under in this one. Even, even if we get Trace McSorley, uh, I just don't see it. But Steelers for me. And Mitch also singing the same tune. He's got Steelers as well. Buccaneers going to ATL Atlanta. <laughs> Hotlanta versus the Falcons in a divisional matchup. <clears throat> implications there here in the NFC South. Falcons won this last matchup by three earlier this season. Um, I've got the Bucks in this one. Uh, I I don't know. I think the Falcons coming off a win. Rarely you're going to win two in a row, and that division is going to be very cadence-based and close all the way down to the wire. So give me the Bucks. Mitch has the Falcons. Do we have a Do we have a medical update on Baker Mayfield? I mean, 
he's a tough guy. He plays through it. All right. If he's playing, I'm taking the Bucks. That will look at us. Oh, I'm just oh, trying oh, to give oh, you oh. any. Uh, I'm not seeing anything, but I guess he misinterpreted wife's pregnancies news. So look that up. Yikes. Let's move on from that one. That's a that's a whole nother debacle. We got the Rams heading to Baltimore, taking on the Ravens. This is in the one o'clock slot on Fox. Oh, this is definitely going to get rain. 90% chance, Ben says. 20 miles an hour. Gust. I'm going to call that gust. That's not wind at that point. Over an inch of rain. That's a lot of rain. That's going to be a lot of worms. Wormers are going to be out the next day. Mitch has got the Ravens in this one. I'm going to also take the Ravens at home. Lamar can do it best on the ground. And if that's what it's going to turn into, Stafford's not really the uh, mobile guy. Stole my note, which was weather favors the Ravens here. Uh, I've got the Ravens, but I still have the Rams making the playoffs, even with a loss here. They can still get it done. They've still got a path pretty easily. I guess I'll go with the next one as we uh, flip-flop these games. Since you ran the last one, I'll run this one. Colts at Bengals here. The Bengals hot off of a win versus the Jaguars. The Colts also off of a win. 47 degrees in this one. 60% 60% chance of rain and 17 mile an hour wind in this one. So another windy, rainy matchup. Colts are hot, question mark, is what I said. Um, Mitch also with the Colts here. I'm going to take the Colts. I am going to join the crew on this one. Uh, was kind of weary, but this is my underrated game of the week. So two two teams coming off big wins. Um, not really playing for a ton. The Colts are, are trying to inch their way in there. They lose Jonathan Taylor for a couple. That was a huge deficit to them, and they still got to win. Bengals trying to salvage anything they can of their season, so watch out for this game. And if that's the case, we'll take Jags going to Cleveland. Another big rain game in this one. This one's 21 mile an hour gust. Um, I'm going to take the Browns in this one. No, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to be available. Um, this may, we might have to put a swing gate on this one. Um, I'm going to take the Browns with no Trevor Lawrence. So. Mitch says Jags, if they look good on Monday, if they don't remind me to switch this. And then he said, okay, Browns. So he's got the Browns. He updated this. He's got the Browns. I've also got the Browns. I think the rain helps him in this one. Panthers. Saints in another NFC South matchup. One o'clock on Fox. Saints won the first matchup by three. Mitch has the Saints. He says it's going to be a big Taysom Hill game. And I think I agree. I think this one's going to be gross. I think it's going to be closer than people might think with the Panthers being as stinky as they is, but as they is, as they are. So uh Saints. Saints go marching. I will have to agree. I don't know why I'm allowed to pick this team again. It feels dirty to do it. And so help me if the Panthers get their second win of the year. I'll take the uh, Texans-Jets then. Jeez, we really need Fort Wayne back in this one. Uh, another sure 50% do. chance of win, uh, rain here. Um, I'm going to take the Texans Texans and Jets. It's just the Jets are looking so bad. Zach Wilson says he doesn't even want to take the field. I don't know what that means. Just don't want to play. Um, that's 
that's weakness leaving the body if I've ever seen it. So give me the Texans. Yeah, I will take the Texans here. Jets dropped uh, or cut uh, old Tim Boyle ex-Lion. And so they basically have gone the route of we're going to delete every quarterback. And so you have to play Zach Wilson. Let's see what you got, uh, kid, once again. So uh, it's a recipe for disaster in New York. Playoff chances on the thinnest of ice. They're basically eliminated at this point. But yeah, they will be after this game. Texans. Vikings. Raiders heading out to Las Vegas here for this one. This is your first one in 405 on Fox. The Raiders are off of a bye, and so are the Vikings. I will take the Raiders. I think Max Crosby goes off. He got an off week. They got a full week to prepare. They're healthy-ish. Max feeling pretty good. I think he's going to eat Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, you're forgetting Joshua Dobbs had an entire week to analyze and diagnose that defense. He's ready to pick it apart. It's like, I want to take the Raiders with you guys. Mitch has got him as well. I think you're right, Ben. Max Crosby may have himself a week. And with that being said, we'll roll to another divisional game this week. Seahawks at 49ers in the 405 window again. Uh, Ben's got a note here. Last time these guys matched up was on Thanksgiving. 49ers won it. I also think the 49ers are going to sweep them this year and end the Seahawks' playoff hopes. Mitch with the 49ers as well. Don't know if you mentioned that. I can't remember, but I'll say it again. Mitch has got the 49ers. I've got the 49ers. All of us on the 49ers here. Uh, But I'll put a sneaky upset tag on this one because I think it could be close. Bills, Chiefs, this one at 425 on CBS. This is probably... None other than Jim Nance and Joe, uh, Tony Romo in this one. We're going to have 39 degrees and partly cloudy with a 12-mile-an-hour wind there in Kansas City. Chiefs at home. Um, I've got the Chiefs. Uh, don't I used to be like feel pretty good when I took the Chiefs every week. Now I've got a, a little bit of a hesitation when I take the Chiefs. I s- still am going to take the Chiefs, though, over the Bills. And Mitch also has the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I would normally take the Bills. I think if this one was in Buffalo, I'm going with the Bills. But since it's in Arrowhead, I'm going to ride with the Chiefs on this one. And that'll roll us right over to Broncos in L.A. to take on the Chargers. I'm going to take the less than super Chargers in this one. Um, I think the Broncos might revert to themselves of old. Kind of give us a little bit of a flashback here. And uh, Chargers... Playing for anything at this point, and uh, I think they're just far enough out where they're going to get a win. All right, Mitch has got the Broncos. He says, "Buy Staley for real." He thinks Staley's uh, Brandon's going to be fired after this one. I've got the Broncos. They're going to be angry there after the loss to the Texans. Uh, so I think they right the ship here against a pretty good bounce back team here in the Chargers. Even though the Chargers are at home, it really doesn't mean anything. Broncos country, let's ride. Uh, Eagles Cowboys. This is a big one here. 820. This is your Sunday night football matchup on NBC. Eagles won the thriller matchup in the last one. Uh, Shaq Leonard now a, a Philadelphia Eagle and maybe Zach Ertz too, potentially. Um, Mike McCarthy with appendicitis. So he's questionable in this one. Cowboys got their head coach in the, uh, hospital as it stands right now. So, um, Dan Quinn leading the team right now. He's the interim by uh, by virtue of McCarthy being out of that office. So um, McCarthy says he is an Irishman and he's going to be in this one. 
So expect him to be there, barring any setbacks. All that to say, I've got the Cowboys uh, to continue the winning streak at home. I've said this many, many weeks ago, but um, when the Eagles won at home versus the Cowboys, I said this has got split written all over it, season split. Eagles take the home, Cowboys take the home. So I've got to stick with that. I've got the Cowboys. Mitch says this one will be fun. Cowboys and the over. Yeah, I'm glad this one's our Sunday night football matchup. This is going to end the week of football. We'll not really end it completely, but at least end the day on Sunday of football with a nice shebang. I'm going to take the Eagles on the road. This one's tough. I think the Eagles are a better team, but also more importantly, if the Eagles don't win here, that's two in a row, two losses in a row for them. And it really seems like, you know, as long as well as their fans, you know, they're pretty emotional. They take things to heart. Two losses in a row and that entire fan base may revolt on this team, even though they're a very good team. And then on Monday, we got two matchups. This one's the first one. At, they're actually kicking off at the same time. Didn't realize that. One on ESPN, one on ABC. Uh, Titans at Dolphins is the first. Derrick Henry may not play. He's still in concussion protocol. He got smacked last week. Looking like 70 degrees, though. Partly cloudy. Uh, some wind there. I'm going to take the Dolphins. If we got no tractor Cito, there's no chance. This has got Dolphins' tidal wave written all over it. Dolphins keep it that train rolling. They're hot. Um, Titans' defense doesn't scare me at all in this one. I think the Dolphins eat once again. Uh, and Mitch sings the same tune. He's also got the Dolphins. Leads us to our last matchup, as Andrew alluded to, two NFL Monday night football games this week. This is your second, even though they start at the same time. This one on ABC. Packers at the Giants going into East Rutherford, East Rutherford the, Meadow, the Meadowlands, home of the Giants and the Jets. 42 degrees and clear in this one, but a 15-mile-an-hour wind, so could be windy in this one. Call me crazy, but I'm going to take the G-Man. Call me crazy right with you, brother, because I will also take the G-Men in this one. This may be the Italian takeover this week in New York. And Mitchell's got the pack. All right. That is everything from week 14 in the NFL. No college football this weekend, so that's kind of sad, but your Saturdays are opening up a little bit if you're a football fan. That means NFL will be the Saturday king here in a couple weeks. As we mentioned, the Lions taking on the Broncos in... Uh, in a Saturday night primetime matchup here soon. Um, so we'll talk about that. We've got Saturday NFL football coming to a screen near you. Not this week, but the next two weeks after that. As always, click follow, rate us five stars, tell a friend, be a friend, all that good stuff. Uh, we're going to bring back a segment here. We've got a bad joke, and this one is re- revolving around bears. Andrew, what do you call a bear with a bad attitude? What's that? The bearer of bad news. Let's go, Lions. Wait, hold on. Let's not, let's not leave just yet. I'll, I'll part ways with one of my own here. Ooh. What do you call a spider with ten eyes? Spider. Nailed it. Meow.